we've got a couple podcasts worth of material to do throughout the playoffs, even as the Washington Redskins will not be participating in them. But let's continue to look specifically at this game. It's the one at thanks hand. For, thanks for pointing that out again for me there, Hayes. <laughs> i got to let you in on something that you're not going to like, Brent. And that is oh. SeatGeek has tickets to a lot of games, but they're not going to have tickets to Washington Redskins playoff game, unfortunately. <laughs> think Cousins like was chasing down uh, McLuhan in the, t- the tunnel walking off the field and was like hey hey Scott hey hey I got I gotta ask you something dude um seriously like how uh, how do how do you like me how do you like me now like I was just like oh, but I, no, maybe just do you like do, me now? Do, uh do you do you like me now Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog, whose season just ended today. Uh, Brent, normally I like to ask you for one word to define the game. We're quitting the shtick, and I'm giving you the option of just unloading as Washington missed out on a chance to go to the playoffs with a loss in a Week 17 game. What do you have for me, buddy? I was ready for the shtick. All right, get, well, keep your shtick there. You know keep what? Your no, honestly, I, I thought, I was thinking, what's, what's it going to be? And then... Um, uh, you know, a, a couple a couple options came to mind, but then I found myself muttering the same the same word for 20 minutes after the game ended, and I thought, well, this is obviously my word for the pod tonight. Great build up. What is it? Nightmare. That's a pretty good one. Nightmare scenario. If you were going to bed the night before this one and you had bad feelings about it, this might have been what the game would have looked like. Uh, it almost makes it worse to have sort of played so poorly. And then had a chance at the end, but not to be able to get it done or to have a good Oh, day. oh, oh, it does. It does <laughs> right, I'll just, you just keep talking then. Expound on Nightmare. Yeah, Nightmare Scenario uh, is exactly right. This game somehow found a way to combine the feeling of, at least in the first half, getting completely blown out, even though, strictly speaking, According to the scoreboard, the Redskins never totally were. But but yes, it absolutely felt like they were getting routed. And then it ended up being just close enough for us all, as as we so commonly are for the last 20 years, sucked <laughs> right back in so that we could experience not only the dual pain of a route, but also a heartbreaking Narrow one score, or for all intents and purposes, one score until that circus play at the end. Uh, just a brutal, gut-wrenching, heart-rending loss in in the in the, the most important, most critical clutch situation of the season that you could have. All right, now you put off. You know, we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit uh, for unknown reasons, uh, and I mean that unknown to me. Uh, you put off the recording of this podcast by first an hour, then another fifteen, <laughs> then another fifteen. Was it that you needed to calm down? That you needed to gather yourself? Did did Washington truly have you that pent up that you couldn't <laughs> talk about it for a while, or uh, or is it something else? No, that wasn't the primary reason. Oh that darn! Was some extracurricular uh, activity. <laughs> But uh, 100% throughout those distractions, I was definitely seething 
and have been the entire time for sure. I hate to know who else was involved in those distractions and, and having to deal with you in that state. All right, well, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, there can be nuance about a season. There can be positives and negatives. There can be good things to look for uh, or, or to point out, even in, you know, people who overall, if you say good or bad season, you might say bad season, but still find some good in this person or that player or this uh, position unit or that coaching staff. However, the playoffs are black and white, um, you know, that you, you either are in or you are out, and Washington is now out. And ultimately, if, if you know, winning the Super Bowl is the, the goal of every team, and especially we're realistic here in that Washington, we said, was going to be a sort of borderline playoff team, hopefully uh, advancing and building on last year's appearance. So we knew it wasn't going to be a slam dunk. And now, as it turned out, they ended up playing in basically the toughest division, certainly uh, on their side in the NFC, if not um, – if not in all of football, with Dallas's resurgence and New York uh, being good again. So with it being close in the second half and with Washington sort of grinding and, and staying in there, it almost had the feel of what has defined Washington all season, that, man, never really looking great. You know, at times an offense that clicked, at times a defense that, that uh, didn't break when it was bending. But uh, but ultimately, it, it, I mean, it looked like it even might be that 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 defining win of like I don't even know how they did it, but they just found a way to do it. But when they didn't find the way to do it in the one game that mattered most, you're ultimately left with this was not a playoff team. How do you begin to evaluate the season again, knowing that playoffs are black and white? But uh, but they did have themselves in this position and close enough where a drive or two difference at the end would have had them in there. Uh, I think that's well said. Uh, in a way, you're right. If if the last few minutes of the game had gone differently, it could, in fact, have have been almost a representative or or, or a a very typical uh, 2016 Washington Redskins win. Uh, on the other hand, well, you know, taking a step back, big picture here, as you alluded to, I can't say that this season went too terribly differently from how I expected back in August. In fact, I predicted that they they would go 9 and 7 and they went 8 7 and 1, so it's pretty darn close. Uh there were certainly so, several redeeming um uh things to to be taken from this season, including the fact that they, you know, essentially held their own in terms of wins and losses against what most people will consider uh, a more challenging schedule and and certainly a, a tougher uh division. They put up very um, uh, impressive numbers on the offensive side of the ball, at least in terms of yardage. Uh, they they weren't they didn't break any records for scoring, but um, you know, and, and that was partly because of uh, the red zone issues that 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 we and everyone else have talked so much about. Um, but the offense moved the ball, had a great deal of success. Cousins passed for almost 5,000 yards. They had 2,000-yard receivers. They may have found a starting running back for the foreseeable future. The offensive line developed um, a, a, um, a reputation around the league that, that they can be proud of as uh, as one of, uh, you know, maybe not one of the very best, but but an up-and-coming unit. So on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot to take away that's positive. Now, let's go to this game, though. This was humiliating. There are There are very few mitigating circumstances that are going to make me sugarcoat this as, you know, merely what we should have expected, even if in some ways it was, all right? This was obviously, I mean, it, it, it cannot be 
you know, overstated the importance of this game. It was, it was in effect a playoff game. This was winning in, lose and go home. Um, there could not possibly be a, a, a situation that more strongly demands, you know, your absolute best effort and performance. And, uh, as much as, as any of the uh, disappointing games all year, they came out looking as bad as they possibly could. Just just an atrocious, absolutely atrocious first half on offense, on defense, uh, in terms of coaching, clock management, overall, you know, all appearances of incentive, motivation, focus. Just a disaster, near worst case scenario first half. Now, uh, they managed to sort of hang in there and make it a game. Um, but this was a very, very discouraging way to end the season. And as I'm sure we'll talk about ad nauseum, not only later tonight, but for the next several months, for it to have ended the way it did uh, on that, you know, on, on the, the cuz bone of all cuz bones, uh, <laughs> just, a, just a terribly disturbing way for this Otherwise, at least at times, very promising season to conclude. All right, that was a solid um, bumper, solo bumper you just did there. Um, <laughs> really, really appreciate the long feedback. No, 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 that's good stuff. He understands you orphan with his gun. Crying like a fire in the sun. Look out there! Saints are coming through And it's all over now Baby Blue uh, and, and we sort of talked about even before we started this we're, you know, the, the post-mortem for the season The looking into the off-season I think we've got a couple podcasts worth of material to do Throughout the playoffs Even as the Washington Redskins will not be participating in them But let's continue to look specifically at this game It's the one at thanks hand for, Thanks for pointing that out again for me there Hayes Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Speaking of this game And then not, you know, not necessarily trying to extrapolate into bigger things I, I couldn't even do Ken's notes tonight if I wanted to He sent me probably 14 texts it was like a tweet thread he started like threading them one two three but it started with a i don't know if the heat of the moment i'm ready to say that gruden should be gone but he has a lot to answer for so uh, i'll even like i said let's not let's try not to go quite down that road but looking at this game can you prioritize your disappointment from cousins to coaching staff to offense versus defense um you know i'm always vague about what we're ranking here but in your list of things that you've been disappointing as you've been walking around muttering doing extracurricular things and putting off the recording of this podcast what who in your head has as you've been most angry with i think everybody up and down the the line was just just came out flat as a sheet of paper man i love love hearing you say that every up uh, up and down the line i I almost like picture you like in the locker room like hey guys can we just line everybody up so i could just have a minute (laughs) and just walk down and talk to everybody i got got a little something for everybody so just line them up because i want to go i've got i'll give you two guys that came out with their hair on fire tonight uh pierre garçon and mason foster one on offense and one on defense and to some extent crowder crowder made some plays those guys looked like they came ready to dominate, and so I appreciate them. Everybody else, the rest of you guys, slow and tired, 
and the coaches looked oblivious on both sides pretty much the whole game. But, you know, in terms of trying to prioritize, yeah, I mean, I am very I'm very disappointed with what we got from Cuz. Um you know, I I don't think that his future as a Redskin should should depend should hang on this game or or even be, you know, strongly well i mean you have to take everything into consideration and the big games matter you got to start showing up when the big games happen and he's he's kind of done it here and there in in games that we've sort of built up for for various circumstantial reasons but very disappointed overall in his effort it really really looked on first pass like he was not not seeing some open guys a lot of his passes were off target he threw one, maybe the first pick, maybe you can you can give him a pass because Maurice Harris fell down. Although at the time, it sure looked like he had Crowder open for a touchdown. And, and you got to wonder about the wisdom of, of going to your untested, undrafted rookie free agent uh, in that key situation. Uh, the pick that effectively ended the game, no excuses whatsoever. Terrible decision, bad throw, double clutch, basically no chance. Uh, it happened, Hayes. Not only with a minute and a half left in the game and needing only a field goal, but on first down. Uh, so, so that that play is yep. is probably going to be over magnified, but it deserves magnification. Just, just ah, I just really thought we were past that, and we're not. So that happened. So number one, I mean, I am primarily disappointed in Cousins, but I mean, right there with him, one A is just Jay Gruden as. As the head of the snake here, I mean, he let us down. I mean, they they came out looking lost. Um, first several possessions on both sides of the of the ball were just just disastrous. The offense, oh, he, he won the toss and elected to receive, which he hasn't hardly done all year. And they and the offense started with two three and outs. Took your advice. Bad looking. Didn't work. Took your advice. Yeah, yeah. yeah failed. Um, so so Cuz Cuz dropped the ball. Gruden dropped the ball. Joe Barry's defense looked just abysmal in the first half, even though somehow, as we've found ourselves often saying, <laughs> the Giants only put up 10 points in that first half. So they were still in it. You know, the second half, defense did their job even a little bit better. Um, I mean, the Giants' offense basically stopped trying. I mean, they were only calling runs. They were doing nothing on third down. They had pulled, you know, a bunch of starters. Beckham wasn't playing. So, I mean, you know, that that fed into the defense sort of keeping it together. Um, but I've, coaching, players, everything. It just, this whole, it, it, for, for as important a game as this was, just a disaster. My favorite was in the uh, in the first half, it seemed as if the Giants were like trying to get to third down because they knew that third down was always going to be a successful oh play. It was like, oh man, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do second down. Let's just make sure we get to third down, because we're definitely going to pick up 12 yards then. Just uh, a clown car every time. That's something where, um, you know, not that you know, you and I can explain any part of the game as well as maybe an analyst, and again, I always give you more credit for being an expert, but like, how how do you even begin to explain being a bad third down defense team, which Washington has been all season and continued to be this game? You know, I, I wouldn't know enough to have an accurate opinion of like, well, what is it about a, a third down team? It it seems like maybe then you're just getting out coached. Like the the other team has a good idea of what your you know base defense is and what to call against it. But but you know, I I don't know. That's just speculation. But it's it's definitely a frustrating thing to be bad at, and uh, and I imagine it was frustrating to watch today as it has been all season. 
brutally frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I certainly don't have the answer. Obviously, the coaches don't have the answer. I'm not sure what it is about a coach that makes him better or worse at at scheming or preparing for third downs than first and second downs. I mean, obviously, third down more more commonly a passing down, so it comes down to you know your pass rush. And then your secondary's ability to cover, That's both true. of which see, see, are I, weak for I knew the you Redskins. could offer something more more intelligent than I could, and that that definitely counts. So well done. Yeah, I mean, and and so it, it's it's age old question, which we're which we're doing over and over again. Is it is it the horses or is it the jockey? And I mean, it's it's both. I mean, they they the Redskins lack firepower. They lack they um they, they lack stud pass rushers they lack a robust interior defensive line and outside of Josh Norman they got hardly anything back there in the secondary so um you know they it's just it's Joe Barry is is not working with a full deck but you look around the league and you do see guys i mean the the, the ex- example of the year i think right now is Rod Marinelli in Dallas who's got a defensive roster that didn't impress anybody before the season started and sustained some injuries. And yes, it's partly because he's got an offense that can run the ball and then control the clock like crazy, but he has, he's just made more out of them than they really deserve to be. And when we look at the Redskins, I think it's very easy for, for avid fans to to see and to feel like he's not, he's not coaxing any more out of them. Than they, than they, you know, should be expected to produce. And you know, what we see on third downs too often, at least one receiver just open by a country mile, or we see linebackers, uh, even inside, even between the tackles, just not seeming to. They're not running the right fits. They're they're leaving. They're they're vacated gaps. And you know, time and time again, four, five, six times a game, you just see a play and you're like, they don't seem to have known what they were doing there. So, I mean, it's both. It's just both. Um, let's talk a, a second about Josh Norman. The, there's always drama when he and Odell Beckham get together. Um, he did draw one penalty, which I think, I can't remember exactly how it affected the drive. I, I do believe they ended up scoring on the drive, but it wasn't like, that they might have scored anyway. Um, your thoughts on him and Odell Beckham, is that something in the future to worry about? If you're going to have Josh Norman long-term playing two games against a, a pretty good Giants team? Do you have to worry about him now every time they play, costing you 15 or 30 yards? Well, um, no, I, I don't. And I, I also, I, also, I did watch it. It, I, it. My opinion on the play was that Norman probably deserved the penalty and that Beckham kind of flopped a little bit because he definitely fell down harder than he probably was pushed. He did. Uh, he had he had two he had two penalties directly against Beckham in this game. Oh, I missed uh, the second one. Uh. And yeah, I, I one was one was sort of like a like a more of a late hit kind of thing. Um, they, I mean, you know, the answer to your question is that going forward, no, I'm not. I Josh Norman has shown previously that he is more than capable of adequately defending Odell Beckham. He's is he going to always take him out of the game? Absolutely not. That that is a superior elite talent who's going to get his and sometimes he's clearly going to win. Today, he won, he was deep inside Josh Norman's head. He I mean I, I think I think Beckham owned Norman today. It it was it was shocking a little bit because that was not the case the first time they met, or you know, obviously, um, you know, it, it was it was the opposite when when they met when when uh, most recently when when Josh Norman was a Panther, but I don't know what it was today. I don't know if it was the situation. I don't know if it was the fact that the, that that Beckham didn't have you know playoffs on the line, um, 
But yeah, I mean, no, he he handled himself, and Norman did not. He lost control. Um, so that that was disappointing. But you know, going forward, it, it, it's just it, it's it's a fight. It's a matchup. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun watching them every time for the next few years. Um, I think you know, Norman will get his sometimes, and and Beckham will get his. And and, and today Beckham got his individually, and obviously his team came out on top. Um, the the thing that's kind of frustrating, you and I have talked about this before, is it's tough to win. You know, flat out win the matchup. As a wide receiver, unless yeah. you'd like totally no, as, as a corner, I think. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. As a cornerback, it's tough to win unless you really, you know, keep them to one or two catches. Or, of course, if you come out like make a pick and a forced fumble. Yeah, you, yeah, know, you to, have to. I agree. You have to totally erase him, or you need like a pick six. But, and Norman had that chance today, by the way. Oh yeah, and and so, so what was frustrating to me was to watch him seemingly start coming unhinged. You know, I've talked about this before when he's had games against Julio Jones, where it's like, yeah, the guy got. Seven catches for seventy yards, all like eight or twelve at a time, and th- to me, that's airing on the side. I mean, that, that's you know, right. edging towards the side of a win for the defensive back in that case, yeah. especially when these guys are so good. Yeah. And so it seemed like Norman was coming unhinged after a couple catches and mild gains that weren't doing a lot, but it was just that Beckham was clearly saying something as it was happening, like, oh, you can't keep up with yeah. me or whatever, you know? And that, yeah, that's the thing like that was, was disappointing. Was, and yeah. There was a lot of contact. You know, there was they were fighting, basically, on running plays. That's always so tough. I, I, don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was the, the reception so much that, that Beckham was accumulating that, that threw Norman off. But, I mean, he, he, he definitely let it get to him. The carpet to is moving under you And it's all over now, baby blue All right, another specific incident that I thought was, again, just a revealing of, as we've talked about before, even when they can do some good things and maybe have put together some good schemes, Clearly, you see signs that this is not an elite coaching staff or, you know, as cliche and terrible as that term is to use. The end of the first half. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just the, the clock management, everything about it was just miserable. Didn't, did they go to the the locker room with a timeout in hand? If, if not, they I definitely think went with two. If they, if not, they definitely wasted, you know, 30 seconds and up to three or so plays, maybe even four or five, depending on how the downs worked out. Uh, I, I don't oh have anything gosh. specific look, to comment look, about look, it, but I think, I think it's... that obviously was not the sole or necessarily right. the primary reason that they lost. Although the game, you know, ended up yeah, being the game was close. Fairly, a a know, touchdown there would have been huge. That was, you know, there are there are things that absolutely drive me crazy because there there are, there are mistakes that drive me bananas because they're important, and then there are mistakes that drive me bananas, even though they're kind of small potatoes, but but because they're just so flagrantly idiotic. And I mean, this was like this is happening, and they're trying to get some points. They're they're down ten, you know, having done nothing. They desperately need some points here coming into the half. And and they're just not calling the timeouts. Like it's like, what are you doing? What what exactly are you thinking? And then you call your first of three, just in in just enough time for Hopkins to attempt a fifty-seven yard field goal. This was it was one of the most egregious, inexcusable clock management screw jobs that I mean I, I have seen 
in season. It was bad all around. They weren't backed up to their goal line to begin with, so there wasn't any, like, you know, no risk. They had the whole playbook open to them, which they did use. They they, they threw underneath on the deep coverage to pick up the the yardage to get them, you know, past midfield or whatever, but it was just not using the timeouts. and Not calling at least, you know, the first timeout after Chris Thompson's first down was utterly indefensible. Yeah. I mean, I'm dying to hear him address it because he can't. Uh, and then again, let's not try and go too deep into uh, extrapolating. But Cousins had things to say after the game. He was obviously asked about what's going to happen with him. Or early predictions before you start reading from other people. What uh, what you think the future of Kirk Cousins is? Uh, I I think that you know if if you want my prediction, I think I mean I don't know. It's still super complicated. I, I thought that by this moment. I would know. I would feel really confident, and I and now I don't because, you know, this this was this nightmare scenario was sort of the one thing that was going to throw my, all my expectations regarding Kirk Cousins off kilter, and and he you know he dropped a total stinker, and the team looked awful. So now, unfortunately, I think a lot of options are back on the table. Gun to my head right now, I think they're going to franchise tag him again. And what? And how do you feel about that? Do you want that to be the case? I think that it's ultimately not the right move because I still believe they need to hang on to him. I, I think I, I think he's I think he's too good to let him walk. And although franchising him obviously keeps him in the building, I think it almost ensures that he's gone after next season. And I want him around longer than that. I've you know I've I've been on that train since last year. And I, I, I was tweeting about it before the game, and I don't think one game or one pick or a couple of throws should change that. I still think he's got an extremely bright future. I think he would ben- continue to benefit from continuity in, you know, in geography and in coaching and in, in, in having uh, you know, chemistry with his pass catchers, and several of whom will no doubt, you know, especially Crowder and Reed, will definitely be around. I think the guy is, will continue to be on an upward trajectory. I think he's already a top half of the league starter, and I think it would be a mistake to let him go. But we know that McLuhan already had his doubts, and this performance will do nothing to soften them. So I think if you've got a guy who is too good for you to let him walk, but but you still have these you know these serious concerns about if he's ever going to be able to take you the whole distance, you know what's what's the middle ground? And I and I think that they they kind of like already already started that engine last year by tagging him once. It feels like maybe that's where they're headed again because he's it doesn't really matter whether he's elite. I think to keep him here for several years, you, you, you're going to have to pay him like he is. And so if they're not ready to do that, and, and I'm, I'm worried that Scott McLuhan is not, um, I think he's, I think ultimately he's going to end up heading out. Do you think Cousins like was chasing down McLuhan in the, t- the tunnel, walking off the field, and was like, <laughs> hey, hey, Scott, hey, hey, I got I to gotta ask you something, dude. Um, seriously, like, how, uh, how, do, how do you like me? How do you like me now? Like, I was just like. No, but I, no, maybe just do you like do, me now? Do, uh, do, you, do you like me now? Do you, do you like me now? Do you? Because um, I, yeah. I, I think you started to, to you, you were about to reference what he said, right? After the game? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think you texted it. So go ahead. What, what Yeah, Cousins' so, take on it. Yeah, basically, I mean, I think I, I didn't, I didn't see or hear it directly, but um, he was asked something along the lines of what, you know, what are your thoughts about staying? 
And so it's not up to him, right? Yeah. The, the crux, yeah, yeah. The the, the base, the, the the main, the gist he gave at least initially was that it's not up to me. And I, I just thought it was, you know, I, I'm sure he's got a lot of emotions flowing right after the game, and plus he's coming off having just been tagged, so I'm sure he felt very helpless during during that portion of the negotiations last year, at least with that having been the result. Um, and so he did go on to clarify that basically he means because they have the the prerogative to to tag him that it's sort of you know the ball is in the redskins court initially and that he you know he said well if they decide not to tag me then my preference or or my desire my my the extent of my of my wish to stay will suddenly matter again okay i mean i guess that makes a little bit of a sense but boy boy would i have preferred to hear some little sense of yes yes i do want to stay i'm into this i believe in where we're going um you know that was that was a pretty sterile response that he gave and it just makes you wonder what's going on in his head yep um we don't know how uh, how he likes it now much less how he is liked now um, but we, those things will, will be revealed to us uh shortly the thrill is gone baby. All right, let us move into breaking down the game the best possible way it can be broken down, and that is with Brent's notes. But before we begin Brent's notes, i got to let you in on something that you're not going to like, Brent, and that is uh. SeatGeek has tickets to a lot of games, but they're not going to have tickets to Washington Redskins playoff game, unfortunately. <laughs> not, not even on SeatGeek. As many games and venues and outlets, concerts, not just sports, they have a lot of things. But they're not going to have Washington Redskins playoff tickets available. They're just not going to. I know Geek would have them if they were a thing. If they did, uh, what what do you do in the off season when you're not watching football? What do you do now? Uh, you know, I get back to I reintroduce myself to my children. Uh, yeah. I'll clock in a little bit more often at work. No, I mean these are standard things. Uh, All right, yeah, well, do well, a little reading. You know, catch up. Well, you can go to SeatGeek for things like concerts, theater, all the tickets in your hometown. I know you don't like those to are re- great ideas. I know you don't like to reveal a lot of personal information. I know where I am in Raleigh right now. There are other sports we can get: college basketball, professional ice hockey. But again, not just sports. Uh, there's theater, concert, all the different venues, whatever you got in your area. SeatGeek has the tickets. They just do not have Washington playoff tickets. They will not have those this year. I could save you the trip. But when you download the SeatGeek app, make sure you go to the settings tab and click add a promo code into the promo code Burgundy. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Use the SeatGeek app. Download it today to get everything except Washington playoff tickets. Brent's notes. Let's break it down. Let's try and move quickly through these. We've talked about the game. Uh, Receive, kick, three and out. We sort of hit on that some, but at least you like the decision to take it, right? I thought it was smart because I thought getting out to a lead was very important in this game. Try and bury them <laughs> early and, and force them to stop caring. Uh, backfi- backfired big time. But, uh, yeah, we did mention that both of the first two offensive possessions were three and outs. Uh, sandwiched between them was a brutal hold on Deshaun Phillips bringing back what was a really nice punt return by Jamison Crowder. So just an awful start. All right. I think that just – Cured the first three notes. Let's go yep. skip to 24 near taint. 
Yeah, so that was Norman, and and he was not on Beckham on that play. Was it uh, was it Shepard? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep, yeah, it was Shepard. Yeah, sure. so uh, I'm not sure that 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 uh, face mask issue, which does did seem to be a missed penalty, was the actual reason that he dropped the interception. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, he, you know, he possibly could have had it, and in in a slightly different uh, universe, he returns that uh, for six, and it's a very different game. I'm glad that that 24 near taint was not a reference to something like a gif we saw from the Clemson uh, game. I don't I don't know if you know the one I'm I referring did see to. That Ooh. that was somebody near taint right there. <laughs> um, all right, three D D L O L. Third down defense. Oh uh, yeah, joke. we definitely hit that. Zero run. Ga- I love the Giants being like, "All right, guys, it's third down. This we own this. Zero run game. Sad pass rush. I was very surprised about that. Uh, your boy Rob Kelly. Uh, for whatever reason, just wasn't seem to get anywhere past the line today on runs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else to add other than what we've been hammering all year. But it it does. I, I don't really fully understand at this point the offensive line. We've been saying that they're coming along, and in terms of pass protection, at least until today, they have been among the best. But why can this collection of big dudes, coached by Bill Callahan, not open up some running lanes? It just never materialized all season. I don't get it. Uh, third and two, 86 slip, NYG, 41-10-0 punt. That's a lot for one yeah. note, buddy. That's kind of a paragraph, but you, you might remember this play. Indeed, it was uh, towards the end of the first half, and it was third and two. Cousins threw what looked like a ridiculously uh, inaccurate pass, but it was because Jordan Reed fell down. They were at basically the Giants 40 yard line down 10 and I thought in that situation to punt on fourth and two was a big mistake because I I did not expect that they would have a lot more chances uh even getting close to the Giants red zone so um I I think that they probably should have gone for it there comp leaves tie on third down somebody was a specific example of, of a third down calamity uh it was Giants had third and short and Compton just left the tight end will tie so stinking wide open for a gain of like 20 um, and highlighted, I think, the need, the, the extreme need for improvement at the at the inside linebacker position. DRC sack 140. Yeah. Key key drive of the Redskins were trying to um, get something on the board there under two minutes left. And the uh, Giants showed blitz. The Redskins made no adjustments at the line. Um, uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie came basically untouched and just blew up Cousins. And to me, that was like they didn't know what they were doing there. That was I don't know if it was a Cousins breakdown, if he should have audibled out of that or what. But um, they just they looked unprepared. Final three notes: the first half we've kind of hit saving ter- yep. saving timeouts, hot fifty-seven, yep. nope, and Cuz MIA. Anything else you want to add to the first half? No, first half it wasn't that Cousins was terrible. He just he was just kind of missing. Um, second half, New York Giants starters. I did not. Uh, this is, I was in transit during halftime. Missed some of the first half. When exactly did the starters start rolling off? And how how does how does that work as a fan when you're watching? Like, do you get pissed at another team? And you're like, look, guys, this means nothing to you. Pull your starters out, or is it more like pissed at your own team, knowing that you're playing against a team who shouldn't really care? Oh, it's definitely some of both. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm praying for any and every opportunity for the Redskins to win this game. So there's nothing about pride or sportsmanship in the way of me rooting for them to sit every good player. But I thought it was kind of a statement that Eli and everybody else, like I'm pretty sure all the starters on both sides came out to start the second half. And they're saying, like, basically, we don't really like you. 
we're trying, you know, to put coal in your stocking here. And I, I don't blame them one bit, but they all, I mean, they did it. So they started to trickle out starting third quarter. Eli played, of course, basically the whole game, which ended up mattering greatly because he made some key throws at the end. But um, I, I thought that the Giants were saying something by not bailing. 13 owning 24. We've kind of talked about that he got the yeah, best in that matchup. Fourth and two message. Yeah, I thought the Giants sent another message in the third quarter by going for it uh, down inside the red zone on fourth and two, and the Redskins broke that up, which started a nice little stretch of of forced punts by the Redskins defense. But on fourth and two of ten, the game that doesn't matter, and you're going for it instead of kicking a field goal, I think that's a little fu by the Giants. Foster decent. Yeah, I mentioned Mason Foster. He was really the only guy on defense that I was impressed with today. Look at you looking for positives. Fourth sack allowed. Yeah, most sacks in any game this year allowed by the Redskins offensive line. Four of them had not done that yet. So, you know, uh, in, in, in such a key situation, very disappointing to see that. DRC, that's Dominic Rogers camardi I have learned. Pick yeah, yeah. When somebody's yeah, that, open. That, 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 was, that was his uh, cousin's first pick, and I mentioned it was disappointing to me because it looked, and sometimes it's a little unfair, you know, when you see the what's happening with the safeties right. just in the regular broadcast, but it, it looked like he had Crowder in the middle of the field, and then the decision to go to Mo Harris there who slipped, it just it didn't feel good at all. It was yucky. 85, silly catch. Vernon Davis had one awesome play tucked in there. Uh, he got two heels down in, on the sideline. Really, really nice play that set them up for a touchdown. D somehow managing. Uh, yeah, so at, at that point, I'm thinking, totally feels like we're getting destroyed. Uh, but here we are still within 10. So again, I think it was lar- largely because the Giants really took their foot off the gas. But, um, you know, they hung in there enough to give the offensive a chance. So uh, uh, for all the, all, the, all the potential sources of blame for this one, I think the defense takes a little bit less, at least based in the second half. 80 catch, 32 block. Oh, yeah, Crowder made a really awesome first down play um, that was uh, boosted by some excellent pass protection by Rob Kelly. That was just just an an individual play there that really impressed me, and I I did think that Crowder came to play today. Third and 17, 88 exclamation point. Garcon's another guy you said played well. Yeah. Yeah, Garzon deserves a lot of credit. That that play was crazy. It seemed um, very unlikely that they would be able to convert that, but he took like a little kind of a wide receiver screen sort of thing out in the flat and got down there inside the five. Just an awesome play. He really showed to me today why why he is of the two veteran free agent receivers the one who you got to find a way to keep around because he just brings it, and he really did tonight. He had that awesome play and another uh, long play where he broke free um, in in the intermediate level and then made a guy miss. Yep. Uh, kind of threw the brakes on and, and made a guy miss bad. And, and I think that was the one actually that set up the touchdown. But um, Garcon just just brought it today when nobody else did. And it's like I think we're really really going to miss that attitude if if it walks out the door. Toller fried. Yeah. So when it was ten ten. Uh, Greg Toller is the guy that got just silly beat by some dude who I had never heard of. King, I don't even know. Um, he got he got beat for a 44-yard game that set up the field goal that basically won it. Um, so you know, sucks that you've got a guy who didn't even play much this year. Greg Toller is make, making a, a key mistake in such a big situation. I, I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I mean, that's partly because Quentin Dunbar is out still in the in the concussion protocol. Uh, but that just sucked. Kohler got beat. Toller got beat really bad on that play. And ultimate Cuzbone. 
Yeah, I think you know what that's about. Yeah, that one was tough. Um, final, I'll, I'll give you final thoughts. I'll say this. We will be doing podcasts at least the next couple of weeks. If we can bring ourselves to do it, we'll good, watch good. We'll watch some NFC playoffs and maybe comment on that. Certainly if there's any big news as far as uh, personnel changes on the coaching or staff, then we'll talk about that. And maybe we'll talk about some college football that's going on just in terms of uh, players or maybe even coaches from that level that might be of interest. Uh, with that being said, so be sure to keep tuning in to Burgundy Blog for the Burgundy Blogcast. Any final thoughts that you haven't already shared about this game? Well, I think that, you know, it, it, it's it's a, a hard loss. We're all feeling pretty sorry for ourselves tonight. And I think that's fair because within the realm of legitimate possibilities, lied a, a season outcome far greater than this. I think it was possible. You know, I think I think they they frankly should have won this game. They were obviously big favorites. Uh, and then, you know, they had a chance maybe based on this offense to get lucky and win a game or two in the postseason. A realistic chance? I don't know. That's debatable. Um, it, it could have ended much better than it did. Are we in blow-it-all-up mode, even with what I said about the team coming out flat and as disappointed as I am about Jay Gruden's performance today? No, we're not. Overall, big picture, seeing the whole forest, the Redskins are still on the right trajectory. Do they need a lot more talent? Absolutely. It's not blow it up time. Is it major change time? Oof. On the defense side of the ball, they I think it's major change time. They're not going anywhere with this kind of a defense. Um, whether or not they shake up the coaches, they probably need five or six new starters on defense. So I'm looking for um, a pretty legit foray into free agency there. And then, you know, whatever happens with Cousins is going to be obviously the defining thing about the offseason. I hope that they don't give up on him. I think he's got a bright future, and I think it should be here. I think he's a good fit for what Gruden's doing. Um, I think they they got to find a way to keep him, but I think they really risk alienating him with a franchise tag. And if you're going to play the tag, you're going to play that card again, you better damn sure start figuring out what your plan B is or what your succession plan is because you're going to need one in 2018. All right, a somewhat negative take on the game, although not at all unfair. But I must say, uh, you seem somewhat upbeat. That's going to leave myself and listeners wondering exactly what that extracurricular might have been uh, to, to give you some calm down in some uh, Sunday night time between the Redskins game and the recording of the podcast. I'm just going to leave that there and say keep it tuned in as we talk more about the future of this Washington team here on Burgundy Broadcast. For Brent, I'm Hayes. That was very astute of you, Hayes.